Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RIPodcast.net. This is episode 444, recorded live on January 2nd, 2015. And here are your hosts, man who has spent a majority of the time this year playing Pathfinder, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who has not, Andy Lowe. Hi. Yeah, up to this point, the majority of my time has been Pathfinder, followed very closely by, oh, well, maybe not. Maybe not? Twelve hours ago, that would have been true. Oh, but you had an extra thing of sleep in there, so now sleep is majority? Sleep has been the majority of my time, uh, because I would have slept from about one to seven on the first, and then... 2 to 11 last night. So that's, yeah, it's like 18 plus hours out of the 36. Yeah, okay. So the majority of the time has actually been spent sleeping, followed very closely by (laughs) Pathfinder. Very, very closely by Pathfinder. I still have to give me my props on that one, because I'm like, wait a second. Oh, yeah, that is perfect. No, I forgot to add another thing of sleep in there. Yep. If we had started at, like, midnight with Pathfinder, but no, we, we started it at 9.30 was the draft, and then 10 o'clock is when we started playing. The draft? Yeah. So the way it worked, because this was, so we did pathfinder This was our marathon of Pathfinder. Uh, there were 15 players here at my house yesterday. Oh, jeez. And what happens is it's three groups, so three captains are chosen. And those captains see the characters everyone made, but don't know who made them. Oh, so So you have stats. You have a list of stats in front of you. And so you, as a captain, have to pick a team of five players, five characters. And so then all three groups were sent into the same dungeon, not the, the same instance of the dungeon. We all had three copies of the same dungeon. Each dungeon had seven wings. And you chose randomly which wing to go into. And there were some other pretty interesting mechanics in there. For instance, there were no GMs assigned to the group. Each wing in the group, of seven wings, was tied to one of the players in the group. And so when you chose the wing, it also said some person's name. That person was the GM for that wing. Ooh. So you really were only going in with four characters because one of them was a GM. Now, if you've done the math, there are seven wings. There were 15 players, three groups. That means each group had five players. That means that two wings didn't have a GM. And so one of those two wings, Lauren, the guy who put all of it together, was the GM. The other one had the word swap. The swap mechanic was if you draw this card... You pick one of the other two groups, they steal one of your players, and then you steal one of theirs. This is very convoluted. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. It was very interesting, to say the least. Swap, jeez. Yeah, swaps swaps were painful, uh, because you get attached to your group very, very quickly. Yeah. And you win as a group. But if you swap, you are stealing someone from that group. Yeah. So they now have to completely switch their alliances and their allegiance. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So how long did this go on for? 
Uh, so the draft was at nine. The rules were at nine. The draft was at like nine thirty, and then we started at ten. We went until two. Broke for lunch. Went from lunch until six or seven, and then had dinner. And then played until midnight. We would have played longer, but people were crashing. That would make sense. <laughs> I, I was still going strong. Everyone else is weak. <laughs> it was really, really funny because at like 10 o'clock, people were still like really psyched. People were still really energetic. People were like, man, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's do this. We can, we can win. Let's keep going. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is fun. At 10.30, half an hour later, people were like, uh, it's my turn. By 11.30, they were falling asleep at the table. That, yeah, people can't. And I'm just, I'm still going strong. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. I evidently have a very different sleep requirement than most people. That's what it seems, yeah. Which is sad, because I really love sleep. But I can also get by on, like, five hours a night. I normally am doing five to six right now. Right. And you can do it, right? Yeah. And you're not a zombie the next day. No. It it takes me a bit to actually, like, you know, get going in the morning. But it's, I'm fine. Oh. As I stretch right now. Yep. Yep. Good morning, Andy. Oh, it's afternoon. Good afternoon, afternoon for Andy. you, too. It is. It is. And I've had breakfast, so technically that qualifies for my other requirement. It's still morning until, the, at the very least, you've eaten. Well, I am currently uh, having the breakfast of Mexican Coke. The drink? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I found out you can get these at uh, Costco. Yes, you can. That's where Laura gets hers all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is a little dangerous to go there and say, where do you keep the Mexican Coke? <laughs> Which we learned the hard way. I didn't even, I, it was one of those things where it's like, well, it's probably by the pop. So I just went back there and I'm like, oh, there it is. And I look at the price yep. and I'm like, oh, that's the price. Yep. This, this could be bad. Because you now have a ready supply of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can also get it at Meyer too, but it's more expensive at Meyer, And you can only right. get a six pack. No, this is a case. This yes. is like a 24 pack. 24 pack. Yep. That is currently sitting in my car outside chilling in the Ooh. actual winter now that we have. Yeah. How about that? Like, day before Christmas, it decided to actually become winter. Yeah, and now it's sticking around. Is it? It seems to be. Right it now, is it's right now. 32 with a possibility of getting to a high of 33. I thought it was supposed to warm up again soon. I don't know. Let's check out the extended forecast. Uh, not this week. It's staying below freezing most of the week. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep, it's cold. Winter is here. Brace yourselves. Winter has come. Yeah. That could actually lead us into one of the topics. Yeah? Yeah. Which one? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones? HBO! Mm-hmm. What about it? Um, it turns out that when the next uh, series of H- of Game of Thrones starts up, yep. um, it's going to be out before the book is out. Uh-oh. So the... Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so... Um, so George R. R. Martin has been working with the HBO guys to like, you know, make sure that the, the book and the TV series right. run in parallel. HBO paid him some ridiculous amount of money to know the ending of the story. Yeah. So he met with the um, editors back in um, early 2015. Yeah. And they're like, hey, can we get like the, the next book out? And he's like, oh, yeah, I should get the next book out by, you know, the end of the year. And that's not happening. 
Ooh. So the HBO guys have already got their stuff already set up and going and everything, and his book is still not going to be done by the time the TV series starts up. So, yeah, so the idea was get the book out end of this year, series starts early 2016, everything's great. But now, no, he's... Raise your hand if you didn't see this coming. There should My... be no hands up. No. George R. R. Martin's taking too long writing a book? What? Gasp. <gasps> yep. God, I can't believe that. So. Said if the book wanted to be out in March, he would have had to deliver it in October. Which he thought back in May was doable. Could do. Yeah, I love the following line where it says, it talks about how his, he was surprised at how well his editors are taking it. Because <laughs> My answer is, his editors don't care at this point they've got so much money out of this deal it's ridiculous yeah and i feel like they've been down this road before yeah they're probably not surprised no it's probably one of those things where it's like valve time but george R. R. martin time i wonder if they gave him a fake deadline for it <laughs> like they're... that's why they're not actually worried they're like yeah as long as he gets it to us actually by like march we can put it out but, you know, we're going to tell him, hey, we want you to be ready at this October, time. October, right. Because they just know it's going to take him extra time to do it. But, oh, man, that's going to be weird if the TV series is actually ahead of the books. It's going to be like 2001 all over again. means that The Winds of Winter will not be published before the sixth season premieres in April. Well, I guess I've got till April to catch up on the show. Yes. I don't even remember what happened in most of the books. I have not touched any of the books, so... Yeah? You've got to get some pretty big spoilers, sir. I haven't watched the TV show either. That's so. good, but you probably still got some spoilers. I, 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 I have no idea. What's, I know the book is called The Winds of Winter. That's it. And there's uh, one like the, the like Fire and Ice, right? The whole thing is a song of uh, a song of ice and fire, a song of fire and ice, one or the other. That's 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 as much as my Game of Thrones knowledge there is. Okay, cool. Are you waiting for him to finish it, or are you just never going to watch it or read it? I I don't know. I feel like it's something that I should read at some point, but I'm reading other things instead. I.e., well, actually, right, at some point this month, I have to pick out my uh, Kindle Lending Library book to read as well. Mm-hmm. And I know I've got, I'm reading The uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the new book for that series. I'm reading that one right now. Um, I just, it's it's on my things, my list of things to read, but it's, I, I just see the size of the books and I go, oh. Audio book. Well, I'm still listening to podcasts. I'm catching up on those, so. Audio book. I'd, I'd rather catch up on the podcast than I need to catch up on before, okay. you know, jumping into audiobooks. Well, that is your prerogative. Yeah. No, I actually got rid of a bunch of the audio or the podcast that I was trying to catch up on, and I said, you know, screw it. I'm just going to focus on these two. Yeah. And I've cottoned all the way up on one, and I'm working my way through the second one. So cool. once I'm done with those, then I can figure out what I'm going to do with my audio time while driving. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Maybe, but we'll see. So other non-surprising news. Oh man, there's there's a ton. <laughs> other non-surprising news. Yes. Um, let me see if I can predict which one I'm going to go for. Facebook. Oh no, George Lucas. <laughs> oh, that's got to be it. Yeah. You are correct with George Lucas. My mouse was hovering over the George Lucas story. Yeah. So it seems he got interviewed by Charlie Rose. 
uh, about what he thought about the new Star Wars trilogy. Is this the, like, selling your kids into slavery one? Yes, this is the line where he said uh, he had sold his kids to the white slavers that take these things. Yeah, that may not have been the best analogy out there. Yeah, he later apologized for that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no surprise on that one either. Someone pointed out, you know, who's worse, the white slavers or the guy who sold his kids to white slavers? Oh, God, I just, it's one of the things where it's like, he's complaining about the, he's, the movie, and it's just like, well, you you literally had your chance. Yeah. <laughs> you went and you made your three movies, and collectively, I think the Star Wars universe kind of just said no. I'm really hoping that Disney hires someone to undo the edits for the originals. Just re-release the original anthology. That would be amazing. That would be funny. I'd be so happy. I don't think it'll happen. No. But it it would be so cool. But still, it's one of those, it's just like, yes, we have to give him props for creating the Star Wars universe. Can we at least, like, give him props for that? I I don't know if we can give him credit for the universe, though. I mean, he, he certainly created the original story. Yes. But he didn't write the original dialogue. He didn't make, like, he directed the movie, and most of the time it was the really talented people on set who said, like, you know what, George? Let's do it like this instead. So what can we give George Lucas props for? Because it's weird to have, like, the... Hmm? <laughs> yeah, ILM. Yeah, ILM and Skywalker Sound. Okay. ILM and Skywalker Sound. Kate's got it. We can give him credit for deciding on the kinds of special effects to use and pushing for those effects and pushing to have them done well. Because I think about it, like the whole extended universe that I loved reading the books, those were all individual authors. Yep. It's like I enjoyed the Thrawn trilogy because Timothy Zahn wrote it. Granted, uh, he also wrote the, the, what was that recent one that he wrote? The uh, Star Wars heist book. That was a Zahn book? Yeah, I think it was. Wasn't it just called Heist? Maybe. No. Scoundrels? No. Scoundrels. Yes. Was it Scoundrels? Yes. Yeah, Scoundrels by Timothy Zahn. Hey, look at that. It got a 4.4 out of 5 on Barnes & Noble's website. It, it was okay. It was, you know, the Thrawn trilogy, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, most, yeah. Of the, the, most of the stuff that I loved about the Star Wars trilogy and the Star Wars universe had nothing to do with George Lucas. Nope. He made all the money, but... There we go. We can credit him for being a brilliant marketer. Yes. And making the right deals. But yeah, he's he's being a little whiny about the massive success of Star Wars. Did you hear that Star Wars The Force Awakens has been the fastest to a billion dollars? Yep. Have you seen the graph comparing it against the other movies? No. Like Avatar and Jurassic Park and the new Jurassic Park and, and just seeing and uh, Titanic is on there as well. It's all the top grossing movies of like the last 30 years uh, showing them how long it took them to reach those levels. And Force Awakens is just a whole other ball game. Like it didn't ju- it wasn't just the fastest to reach a billion. It beat the snot out of the other ones to get to a billion. It got there really, really fast. Yeah, let's see. Where's the video? Alright, where's your graph? You said you had a graph. You don't have a graph. You just have a video of a lady with the Princess Leia buns talking about 
Star Wars. Oh, that's ridiculous. Is your Google oh. food just not there? Well, I'm running through Internet Explorer, so everything's a bit off. Ah, I just sent you a link. So this is comparing... <laughs> crap. Well, this is comparing to all of the other Star Wars. Yeah. So you have to keep in mind, not necessarily adjusted for inflation. Star Wars A New Hope came out a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. But, yeah, like, <laughs> most of the other ones follow the same kind of curve, right? They're all this, this kind of uh, root-based curve. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Star Wars Force Awakens is just like, nope, I'm just going to keep going up really fast. Which, you know, the movie is nothing because people are predicting that the merchandising is going to make $5 billion this year. Yeah. That's where the actual money is. It's one of those things where it's like, could Star Wars have made money even if nobody showed up to see it? Probably. Um... Also, surprising fact, my boss is online right now. Okay. <laughs> what is my boss doing in? Why are you looking for your boss online? Because um, I opened up, because your link sent me through Google Chrome. And uh-huh. every time I open up Google Chrome, it automatically goes to my email at work. So I had opened up a new tab, and then there was my email, and I'm looking over going, my boss is online. Huh. Hmm. Strange. Falcon. Falcon Punch, Millennium Falcon, 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 Falcon Ship, Fal- Falcon Re. No, what I don't know what they named. Is this the Falcon One or the Falcon Nine or something? The Falcon Nine. This is the Falcon Nine, the one that that set down SpaceX. Yeah. Yes. It's set down. Yes. There are videos of it. There are also videos of everybody like pressed with their noses against the glass of the uh, control room, watching, watching. That's just. I, I'm still dumbfounded that they got it to land. How is it really cost effective to to have it land again and again? Uh, yes, because because you, well, but think of it because it means that when you launch it, you are launching it with fuel that you are not using to get something up into the air. Yes, but you're saving a ton of money not um, building another the one. Parts, yeah, I guess so. Elon, okay, I'm literally looking at an article right now. The last line in the article is, Elon Musk says that a Falcon 9 costs $60 million to build, but only $200,000 to fuel. Oh, God. Okay, yep. No, it is way better to <laughs> reuse it. How much does it cost to launch, though? I mean, it costs 200000 to fuel it. How much does it cost to launch it? Because if I could launch twice with a reusable versus launch once with a throwaway, not to mention, I'm sure a significant part of that cost to build is because they built it to be reusable. If I were building it to throw it away, it probably wouldn't cost as much. Well, I know all I know is that um, the shuttle missions, normally for each shuttle launch... Yeah. For the space program, when we're still launching our own, um, those cost somewhere between half a million to 1.5 billion. Yeah, half a billion to 1.5 billion per launch. So it's even most of that was, well, the shuttle was recoverable, but a lot of that wasn't. So it's, I have a feeling that. Shuttle was recoverable. The SRBs were recoverable. Yeah. The, The liquid rocket booster was not. I don't know. I'm sure they've done the cost analysis. I mean, yeah. they're not stupid people. They landed a rocket vertically. They are not stupid people. No. But cool. Good for it. According yeah. to Elon Musk, it's back at the hangar. There is no damage found. Yeah, and then this one, they're going to strap it to the launch pad, fire it again, just to prove that they can fire it again, and then they're going to put it on display. And say, never again. 
And people are like, wait, it's a perfectly capable rocket. Why aren't you going to use it again? You realize it's just setting up. What's his response? Go ahead. His response was that um, because they're all going to be reusable, that they can, you know, they can put this one aside because it's special. You realize this is going to be the, like, plot device in some futuristic movie about... Oh, we need to get off the planet, but there's no more space program. There's no more rockets left. But wait, the Falcon 9 is still on display in a museum. Now I'm just picturing, like, the guys, like, just somehow, like, launching it from the display. Yeah, like, it's it's totally going to happen. It's not like, oh, it's the... The Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, and we could just open the roof because they designed it to be opened. <laughs> yeah, the roof had to be opened so they could actually put the rocket in there. So that's right, why. right, totally. That's totally it, and it's just gonna be like this. Let's go to space, Whee! or maybe, maybe that's Zephram Cochran's ship. Ooh. Because remember, he he originally used an old ICBM. Yeah. But if this is a returnable ship, ah, ah. Could work. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You should contact Hollywood and get on that. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Just don't contact George R. R. Martin because that's not going to get done. That is not going to get done. <laughs> Holy crap, that is not going to get done. This poor guy. So, Dave, how much have you bought on the Steam sale? Um... I'll remember. Remember? Have you bought I think anything? I, I did. I did. I bought Undertale. I'm trying to think if I bought anything else. I don't think I did. I bought Undertale. Uh, oh, and I got um, Mountain Blade Warband. Ah. Uh, That's what I bought. I'm actually coining a new word now. What? I'm calling it a Steam Bomb. Yeah? So what I did was I went through uh, Brian's wish list while the Steam sale was going on. Yeah. And just picked out a bunch of games, put them all into the cart at once. Yeah. And then bought them all as a gift for him. Nice. And so it's like my emails just exploded because <laughs> he just we get all the individual emails for all the stuff at one time. The like, here's the 12 things you wanted. Yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> Nice. Very nice. So I'm calling that a steam bomb because it, it, it literally just shot all the emails out at once at one time. Yep. So, And it's also a bomb in the sense of, like, you are destroying any free time that they have. Yeah. As a person. Yeah. We've actually, uh, Brendan, Brian, and I recently used the Steam casting feature. You where, you watch, can, where you yeah, can where you can watch other, other people, people play. Yeah. yeah, I watched Bry play Undertale for a while, and then watched Brendan play some bizarre steampunk match three game. Wasn't a oh, match three. I got him that game. Yes, you did. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah, going on his list list. Yeah, no, it was it was actually really kind of fun to be able to just like spy in on someone like that. It's not really spying because they have to approve it. Yeah. But to just, like, sit there, and then we got on chat, and we just started hanging out. It was really nice. Hmm. Well, that's good. Join us. Oh, I haven't touched Steam in a while. Outside of, you know, buying people Christmas gifts. <laughs> so, did, did, did we ever find out what happened with Steam? Uh, no. But something did happen. So, if you aren't aware... Steam had a small issue around Christmas where all of a sudden people were logging in as other people. It affected approximately 46,000 users. Oh, jeez. 
course, in the grand scheme of things, 46,000 isn't actually that much. Not when you have millions and millions of users. Steam is, what, uh, what are they even up to? It's got to be like 8 million users at a time. Something like, something ridiculous. Store, stats, let's go. Ah, uh, <laughs> concurrent Steam users today, 11,900,000. Oh, jeez. So in the last 48 hours, Steam has been at almost 12 million. The peak was 11,955,586. So of 12 million people, 48,000 were affected. That's a pretty small percentage. Yeah. But yeah, no, this actually came because they were attacked by a, a DDoS attack. Really? Yeah. That's what it was? Mm-hmm. Oh, is this uh, essentially the same group that was taking on like PlayStation and Microsoft last year? I don't know, but yeah, the early or, Christmas morning Pacific or the same time, the same concept maybe. I don't know, but they this is like Steam. Well, Steam finally. This is part of my problem. Steam didn't really acknowledge what was going on until you know days later. Yeah, but that's also because Valve has no customer service whatsoever. No, no, they don't. I always love it when they're, the games they sell on Steam are for, like, older systems, and they're broken, and you're like, well, crap, what do I do? And then you go to the forums, and then other users have figured out how to fix it. Yep. It's like, well, why didn't why, why is Steam selling a game that's broken? Because they have no customer support whatsoever. Yeah. Yet everybody knows Gabe's email address. It's GabeN at Valve.com, right? Yep. And he reads all his emails. Supposedly. So yeah, during the attack, uh, the uh, traffic to the Steam store increased by about 2,000% over average traffic during Steam sales. So the uh, caching rules for the information were modified, and that modification didn't work. Oh, oops. Yeah, the configuration error resulted in some users seeing Steam store responses, which were generated for other users. So they shut down the Steam store, and new stuff worked out, and now it's all working again. Cool. I'm glad they got it working again. Yes. But, holy crap. <laughs> God, 34,000... 40... Sorry, what, 46,000? 46,000, 48,000, one or the other. The high 40s. I mean, it's in here somewhere. 34,000. Oh, even lower. Hmm. I was misrecalling. 34,000 people out of That's 12 still, million. Yeah, yeah, 11. It is... Less than a percent. That's still a lot of people, though. Grand scheme, very little. Still a lot of people. So I uh, made the mistake of opening Amazon. I just wanted to comment on this because I thought it was really, really funny. You know, Amazon's got this now, like, all it's the layout changed recently, a couple months ago. Yes. So now it's got, like, items related to things you've looked at, things you might be interested in, right? They're using analytics. They're trying to predict what you want. Additional items to explore. Plastic bucket, metal bucket, plastic bucket, plastic bucket, small plastic bucket, U-bolt, plaster of Paris, sand, three-inch hole drill bit, (laughs) welding gloves, sand, and a crucible. This is a shopping list for making your own furnace. I'm sitting there going, yeah, that sounds about right. I... I don't know what I did on Amazon that made it realize that I wanted to do this. But like when you click on one of these buckets, people who bought this also bought (laughs) a U-bolt, a 10 quart galvanized steel bucket, plaster of Paris. Oh, my God. It's it's just so funny. 
Why is it showing me best-selling iPhone 6 cases? Mophie. And or when we looked at the one case that Apple made that was terrible. Ah, that might be it, yeah. Recommendations for me are all cookbooks. Really? Yeah. Have you and been cocktail books? Have you been doing a lot of cooking? No. Then what is Amazon thinking? I don't know. Okay. Oh, maybe it's because I've got like some blacksmith stuff on my wish list. Could be. I've got the Crucible on my wish list. Maybe that's what's triggering the whole thing. Yeah, inspired by my wish list is a bunch of posters for uh, yeah, just posters. Cool. Yeah, man. Amazon really thinks I want to drink and cook right now. (laughs) Cookbook, cookbook, cocktail book. I'm just going to start getting you cookbooks. Oh, please don't. That's that's it. That's there's your rear gifts for like the next two years. It's just cookbooks. No, Kate. How many cookbooks do we already have? Too many. <laughs> yep. Well, now you're getting more because Amazon no. told me to. No, no, no. Yeah, we they, we have cookbooks that are hiding behind the cabinet that our microwave sits in front of. So even <laughs> in order to get to those cookbooks, I have to disconnect the microwave, take it off the top of the fridge. Get a step stool so I can actually reach the cabinet that the fridge is back there. Open it up, and then there are cookbooks in there. But what if I get you good cookbooks? I've got test kitchen cookbooks. I've got modernist cookbooks. I've got Betty Crocker cookbooks. I've got cookie cookbooks. I've got we've got we've got some good cookbooks. Well, then I don't know. You might want to search Amazon for something other than cookbooks, Andy. <laughs> Amazon tells me you want a cookbook. Oh, um, I got a I got a sous vide for Christmas. Really? Yeah. You gonna nice. poach some eggs? Uh, we did steak. Did steak sous vide steak? Yeah. Nice. My friend's parents out here uh, bought them Omaha Steakhouse meat for Christmas, and so they don't really eat steak. <laughs> <laughs> so they brought over. Two top sirloins and two filet mignons and two pork tenderloins. But yeah, no, uh, once we use it a couple more times, I'll put a review out for that one. For the sous vide? Yeah. Do you have like the full self-contained unit or is no, this no, one that's just... It's one that attaches to a pot. Okay. And it just circulates the water. Yeah. And regulates the temperature. Cool. Neat. What else we have? Other topics. Bitcoin. What's up with Bitcoin. Bitcoin has security, right? I'm yeah. not talking about like as a as a company or anything. I'm talking about the encryption patterns that you use to handle Bitcoin transactions. Yeah, like uh, that, that way the people can verify the Bitcoin chains. Yeah. So it's it's say like the money has has moved. It's now in this person. It's just verifying everything. Yeah. Uh, the SEC has decided that it is okay to use that technology for doing shares. Well, that would make sense because the the it's it's the one way to verify that your bitcoins are good is the the blockchains. Yep. So this is one way to verify, you know, all the stock trades. The stocks. Are, granted, you know, the whole stock market is just run by computers anyway. Yep. But now it would add an additional layer to those computers of security, saying, hey, this is going to happen this way, and we won't let it change. Hmm. That's surprising. Yeah. It's a little scary, because Bitcoin, I don't know, Bitcoin's just weird. It is weird. Yeah, I can agree on that one right now. This concept of a virtual currency that 
doesn't actually exist. But then again, our money doesn't actually exist. Yeah, there's no basis of the... Uh... Right? It's, it's all fiat currency. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. That's crazy. Bitcoin, blockchains. In stock markets. In the stock market. Weird. What will it mean to you as a person? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You would see no change whatsoever. All right. What else we got? Speaking of stock and purchases, Activision. Oh, yeah. This one was uh, surprising. This was hot off the presses this morning. Yes. On January 2nd. It has not been confirmed. It has not been explained. But it appears as though Activision just essentially bought, they didn't actually buy, but they, they have a majority shareholder. So essentially they bought Major League Gaming. Well, where's the, I think there's one that actually they officially announced it. Hold on, I'm checking. Uh, yep, a letter went out to stockholders informing them of the sale. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's not the company's saying, hey, here's what happened. I don't know. They sent out something to the shareholders. Okay. Uh, your Forbes link, by the way, was behind a paywall, I think. Oh, oh continue to cite. Okay, cool. Sorry. Yep. I removed that, though, didn't I? Uh, probably haven't refreshed the page. Ah. Uh. Yes, you did. So it's just the one link. So they bought basically all of Major League Gaming's assets for $46 million. Yeah. So Blizzard part of Activision, was kind of setting up their own Major League Gaming thing and now said, you know what, they've got the infrastructure and equipment and marketing deals, let's just buy them out. This feels way more like an Activision thing than a Blizzard thing. Yes, this does feel like an Activision thing. All right, now I have to put a caveat on here because I'm reading the Forbes article and the guy said he tried to, you know, verify this from anybody else other than this eSports observer. Yeah. And has not been able to. No. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there's been no confirmation on True, this True, you're right. Yeah. So this might be somebody's Christmas prank. Would it make sense for them to do it? I mean, there's a lot of infrastructure there. Yeah. But didn't they just do their own esports thing? They were trying to. Maybe they just didn't want to compete. Yeah, we, we talked about it back in October. Activision Blizzard launches new esports division. Unless they launched the division, realized that they were in over their heads, and then just bought their way out of it. Or that new division is what would essentially head up Major League Gaming. Could, yeah. So we, we again, wanted to make sure we say there's been no confirmation of this. Neither company has said anything about this publicly. There's just the reports from one website that everyone else is picking up. It could be false. I rather hope it is. This would be weird, though, that each of the uh, each of the companies has their own little like um, group that runs their esports stuff. It's just going to be no overarching. Well, so so are all esports the same? No then would you want the same overarching group to run both the NFL and the MLB? No, you're right. You have an excellent point. Thank you. I'd like to think I often have excellent points. <laughs> but it's always nice to hear it. That's the one thing I like about you, Dave. The you one know. thing? <laughs> That's one of the things I like about you. Okay, that. there we go. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. <laughs> What's, what is the one thing that you like about me, Andy? You have excellent points. Your okay. mind is able to, you know, be on the ball. As it were. Unlike mine, which took 
five minutes to try and figure out something I liked about you. Uh, it actually took you like four weeks. <laughs> weeks, hours, days. It's all this. It's all relative. Yeah. Because it's time. Get it? Mm-hmm. Time is relative. Woo. <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah, the the esports of Hearthstone would be completely different than the esports of Call of Duty, which is completely different than the esports of Heroes of the Storm and Dota and all the other MOBAs. Right. How different are they? Well, I, I'm picturing, like, Hearthstone as more along the lines of poker. Uh, Dota is more along the lines of soccer. Basketball is what I was going to say, but okay. Basketball also can work, yeah. Because it's... it's- you know, it's five on five, and it's all the time. Yeah. All right, there's action every second. Okay, so yeah, no, basketball would be better. Soccer is something. What's the equivalent of football? Is there a, a video game equivalent, a, a versus equivalent of football? Uh, Maybe Counter-Strike? Um, the, the bomb maps of Team Fortress 2. Or the bomb maps of TF2. Counter, I was also I, I was thinking bombs and counter-strikes, so kind of the same idea. Yeah, where you have right, an offense and you have a defense. There's an objective, you get to it, you hold it. But I was just literally thinking the bomb, because the bomb looks sort of like a football, and you're literally trying to push it down the field. Yeah, but there's no, there's no stop, right? It's not that once you get it to the next checkpoint, everyone resets and says, okay, let's try this again. Well, it's kind of like overtime in football, where your goal is to try and, you know, score points. Yeah, I like guess you... the, the map itself is like that. Okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you TF2 as football. What's baseball? Baseball, ooh. There is none, because no one would watch it. <laughs> oh. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. All right, what else we got here? Target pay. Really, yeah. Target's doing their own pay thing now? Filed under the, this is not part of your core income stream, Target is looking at starting a mobile payment system, similar to Android Pay, Apple Pay, whatever else Samsung there's, Samsung Pay, all the other credit card mobile pays. Yeah. Target is considering doing their own. Walmart Pay's out there now, too. Does Does Target feel like people have a very short memory <laughs> of... Last time they used a card at Target, they were easily hacked. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how confident I'd be in them of, like, maintaining security until they have a good track record of maintaining security. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because, all right, so, you know, you have the Apple Pay and you have the Android Pay. But yeah. now there's, like, oh, there's the Samsung Pay and then there's the LG Pay and all these other things there. Instead of having a wallet full of credit cards, you have, a, have phone a phone full, full of, of apps. apps. <laughs> what happens app when a store... Nope, that oh. one doesn't work. All right, hold well, on, let me try my wait. other one. What happens when a store takes more than one of them <laughs> and you put your phone against the reader and you're set up for more than one? I, I don't know. Does it double pay? I... No idea. This is, I don't know. This whole mobile payment option thing is just getting ridiculous. Yeah. It'll but everybody realizes that, you know, they can charge their 1% or 2% per transaction and just, you know, make their money that way. Yeah. It'll, it'll calm down soon. I think it'll, well, no, I think it'll actually increase soon and then it'll calm down after that. I don't know. This, it's weird. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. 
Also, did you hear the the fun rumors that uh, Hangouts is going to be losing SMS and MMS functionality? I have not heard that. That would be awful. Yes, I know. I have also heard this rumor, and I also think... Why would that happen? Uh, because the... Um uh, basically because they want to put it into the Google Messenger app. But that is one of the most useful features of Hangouts. I know, because there are times where it's like, oh, I want to either send it a Hangout to somebody, but they're not online. All right, I'll just send it to an SMS. And then I love how I can swap between them as I'm chatting with somebody. I have a group Hangout that is both Laura on Hangouts and Laura's phone, so that when I send a message, it actually sends it to both accounts. Yeah, I, that would be terrible if they got rid of SMS. I'd be so upset. Sorry, I had just gotten a work email there. Yeah, problems at the radio station. All right. Not your problem right now. Nope. All right, so what else we got going on here? Um, Faraday. Like the cage or the, oh, the Tesla company. The, well, the Tesla competitor. Tesla competitor, yes. Uh, has designed their factory. The parallels with Tesla continue. They want to build <laughs> their new gigantic factory in Nevada. Oh. What is it with Nevada and battery factories? Uh, solar power. You can get a lot of, of empty, solar power. Empty space. Yep. Um, plan would also be a source of jobs for Nevada residents and a boon to the local economy, justifying a $250 million tax incentive. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) Why are they building them in Nevada? Because Nevada is paying them to do it. That actually, that can actually kind of go with a local story here. You have a local story about this? Yeah. Um, there's a a data center company called Switch. Okay. That was willing to buy, there's uh, this steel case pyramid building. Out near Grand Rapids, and they were um, they wanted to you know build this five billion dollar data center at this place. But the caveat was that they wanted three uh, tax break bills to get passed by Michigan legislation by the end of the year. Yeah. So the, there was a lot of discussion going. Wait a second, why are we giving them you know tax breaks? And all the other data center companies in Michigan were like, Wait a second, why are we giving them tax breaks? What about us? <laughs> And what was the result? Oh, the legislation passed. Oh, that's stupid. Become so disillusioned with politics and government. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. He signed the law on December 23rd. Yep. Wow. So the team of leaders for Faraday. Yeah. You have the former director of engineering from Tesla, the former director of manufacturing from Tesla, <laughs> the former senior director of human resources from Tesla, the former director of purchasing from Tesla, and the founding member of the BMW design and lead designer on the i3 and i8 concepts. So Tesla, 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 and an actual automotive designer. Yeah. (laughs) What happened at Tesla that all these people are like, you know what, we could, let's, let's try this again. What did Elon Musk do? Well, from what I've heard with Tesla, it's a great company, but um, Elon Musk wants everybody to be as dedicated as he is towards the company. So it's one of those where it's like, yes, you get the great pay and the great benefits, but you do, you're pulling like the, the 60, 70, 80 hours a week sort of thing. So maybe okay. these people, you know. Only want to put in like 50 to 60 hours a week? I mean, yeah. they're founding a company. That is not a small-time thing. No. 
especially when you want to directly compete with Tesla. I don't know. This just seems so weird. Wonder what the likelihood is that they will end up selling themselves back to Tesla. That would be what pull like an Apple or a, a Next. Yeah. Or Steve Jobs is like, well, I'm going to do something that Apple needs, so then they'll just buy me back. Well, because if you if you think about it, let's say you're in the Tesla boardroom. You say, you know what, the factory we've got is not going to be enough. And lo and behold, there's another factory. You know. Not just another factory, another factory with a $250 million tax break. Could be, yeah. So my, my point is, before they decided to do this, back at Tesla, they said, you know what, let's, let's stage a departure. Let's make something happen and a bunch of people want to leave and start their own company to directly compete with us. Except they aren't. But this new competitor, hey, they need a factory. They build it, they get the tax break for building it, and then they say, ah, just kidding, and sell it back to Tesla. That would be funny and somewhat not actually surprising. There are precedents for it. Sort of thing has happened before. Yeah, very true. And then it also wouldn't reflect on Tesla's books as having built a factory. Yeah, somebody else would, you know, pay the money and they just snap it up. Yep. So, I don't know. Something to keep an eye on in the future. Uh, one last thing I want to touch. We talked about this article many moons ago, but Dave doesn't remember it. Not at all. You so sure was, I was on here? Yeah, I swear I was on here because I remember talking about this. Okay. Polito Whoops. Polito Which was um, uh, basically they stored politi- political politicians, you know, tweets that. I, I don't know if I was on that episode, Andy, but okay. Polito Whoops. Yes, yeah, so they, they keep track of politicians' old tweets, so even if they're deleted, it's one of those things where they're still, you know, they, they keep tags on them, because, you know, the person says something and it's out there, and then they go, oops, I didn't mean to, you know, accidentally call everybody a racist or something, and then they delete the tweet. Politivoops would, you know, just keep it stored. Yeah. Um, but uh, back in, what was it, October? No, sorry, June, uh, suspended PolitiWhoops access to Twitter's developer ABI and basically just shut down PolitiWhoops mm-hmm. um, because it was violating Twitter, uh, Twitter's terms of service. What? Yeah, so that's, it was, yeah, it, it was a big hoopla thing there. Okay. Well, I don't remember anything about this existing, but I'm glad that it exists, and I'm glad that Twitter is is bringing it back and not getting rid of it. Yeah, so now uh, they changed their mind and said, we have a responsibility to communicate our roadmap in a clear and transparent way to everyone in this community. We have a responsibility of an open dialogue. Uh, We have a responsibility to continue and empower organizations that bring more transparency to public dialogue, such as PolitiWhoops. We need to make sure we are serving all these organizations and developers in the best way, because that is what will make Twitter great. So it's uh, back on again after basically a six-month hiatus. That's really cool. So uh, anything else you want to hit, or should we just hit the randoms? Let's get the randoms going. Okay. Random review. My turn this week. Yes. And I don't have my Kindle next to me. Okay. Because what I am reviewing uh, is on my Kindle. It is the Pandemic app. Now, it's not, you know, the, the, the web game Pandemic, where, you know, you are the... The virus or pathogen. My, my red suitcase. What? You have something going on over there. Yeah, I'm Kate's trying to figure out where my Kindle is. Okay. There it is. Okay. It's Pandemic, the board game, the app. So based on the the board game pandemic, not the the web game. Yes. Yeah. So it's the uh, 
it's the, the basic. The, as fun as that board game is, the more I've grown, the more I've learned. I I have a problem with it, which is that as written, the best way to play is for the one person who knows what's going on to make all the decisions. Yeah, no, it's it. That's it, always called the, the quarterbacking effect in this game. Is um, yeah, no, it's it, it's a problem with pandemic is quarterbacking. Yeah, which you know, if you're teaching it to new people, that it makes sense to have somebody who knows what's going on with the game, who knows, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. Yeah, that's why I like my version of pandemic. You are not allowed to talk about the game. What? That's my version of pandemic. No one's agreed to play it with me, but I want to try it. You're allowed to talk about anything you want. You can't talk about the game. So how do you... All the cards are open. Yeah, because they well, basically are they're open anyway. Right, because that's a stupid rule, right? You can't show your cards, but you can tell everyone what you've got. Nope. You play all the cards are face down, but you cannot discuss moves or strategy. That seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> But, okay, so this one is regular Pandemic. This is vanilla Pandemic. This isn't Pandemic Legacy. This isn't any of the expansions. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just regular Pandemic. Uh, uh, it's great because part of the problem I've always had with Pandemic is the setup. Setup for a Pandemic... Takes a little bit of time. Yeah, because then you gotta you gotta pass out all the cards. You gotta put the epidemic cards in the stack. You, or each section of the stack, you gotta shuffle the stacks together. Or not, you don't shuffle the stacks together. You shuffle the sections, you put them all together, and then you got to start drawing out all of the uh, viruses, and so you got to get all the, the individual things out and all that other jazz. Yep. So the setup is always it's always been the biggest pain in the butt for me. Uh, with the computer app, it's great, though, because it's just like, boom, your game is set up. Like, after 10 seconds, you're good to go, and you're going. Okay. Um, it's got all of the uh, the new. It's the new version of the vanilla game. So it's got the uh, the contingency planner and the other um, updated Jobs. operations expert. Yeah. So um, it's also helpful because I can play by myself. Which is, but see, that's the thing. If you can play Pandemic by yourself. It's not really a okay. Yeah, so you can play it by yourself. Yeah, I know it's it's not a co-op game if I'm playing it by myself. But it's one of those things where it's like you just get you get down, you get to learn how to do things. It's granted, probably the next time I play, I'm going to be super quarterback. Yep. You're like no, do this. No, do this. No, do this. So are you playing like all four characters? Uh, right now, I'm just I'm just playing two characters right now on introductory mode, which is just four uh, epidemics. Okay. But uh, once I get used to it, then I will start uh, moving up to three characters and then four characters and then start increasing the number of epidemics that happen. Yep. So it's like if you want to try out Pandemic and, you know, you don't have friends <laughs> like me. Um, uh, I, I, should I feel insulted about that last one? You don't have local friends. Okay, there you go. Yeah, sorry, I had to clarify that. Yeah, you don't have local friends who, you know, would want to come over and play Pandemic. Yeah. This is a, it, it's it's the whole board game, right, in one app. Could uh, you could you do it with a hot seat, like pass the phone around yes, the table? Yes, there is a hot seat multiplayer version of it. Okay. So you can actually, you know, do it that way if you want to. That's good. So, you know, if you had, instead of just like a... Uh, I don't know, like a tablet and a Chromecast or something. You could have it up on the big screen so everybody could see what's going on. You just pass the the tablet around when it's your turn. That could easily work. Yeah. How much did it cost? That's the kicker. 
seven bucks. That's pretty cheap. That's pretty cheap for a board game. For an app, though, that's like... That's up there. It's not unheard of, but it is up there. Yeah, seven bucks for one app. And that's just the basic ones. They have On the Brink expansions for $2 each. Okay. Also one. pretty cheap for a board game. I know, but it's just... Well, but you, you just got done saying it's, it's like the board game. Yeah, it's the board game in an app. And so, so yeah, for the seven cost bucks. of, you know, actually going out and buying the board game, this is cheap. Yeah. In the world of apps, it's expensive. Ish. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here with the um, Final Fantasy series of games that are on sale for $7. <laughs> True. I also love that uh, it can you can basically save your game in the middle as well. So if, you know, I can't play the entire game one time, I can just back out of it and save it and then come back and finish it up later. Mm-hmm. Or if I accidentally draw an epidemic right on the first hand, I can just say no. And Cheater! Leave the game. Cheater! Deal with it! <laughs> Learn to play Pandemic. I do, but that's like that... Deal with it. Oh. That's that's hard right off the bat, especially yep. if you don't have any of cards of that color. It's like, oh, crap. Yep, yep. it sucks. Yeah. Deal with it. No, I have dealt with it, but since I'm just playing for fun by myself, I deal with it by basically blowing up the world and starting new. Lame. <laughs> so, yeah, Pandemic the App. It's the Pandemic board game. It's it's what it is, and it's 7 bucks. Lame. So that's my random review. Okay. Random topic rolled ahead of time. Yeah. Who do you want to see face off in epic rap battles of history? Oh, man. Did you see the the end of year special one they did? I have no idea even what the hell epic rap battles of history is. What? Bullshit. I've sent you like 10 of them. Oh, it's these thingies. All right. Yeah. YouTube.com slash ERB. Yeah. Okay. 17th most subscribed channel on YouTube. Is it? Yeah, that's what it says. As of December 2015. Damn, that is a lot of people. I mean, they did some really cool stuff, but they, so so they're between seasons four and five right now. Okay. Uh, the end of season four was Jim Henson versus Stan Lee. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> but they did a, a, like, Christmas special, which was Deadpool vo- versus Boba Fett. Oh, jeez. Uh, they've also done uh, Albert Einstein versus Stephen Hawking, Bill Gates versus Steve Jobs. Eastern philosophers versus Western philosophers. Yep. David Copperfield versus Harry Houdini. Uh, I think their season three finale was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus the Renaissance artists. The actual, oh, that's funny. So Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael versus Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Hitler versus Vader was like the first one they did. There's some really good ones in there. So who would you want, Andy? Any two people. I don't know. Oh, man. Some of these are Tesla versus Edison. Yep. Adam versus Eve, really? Yep. <laughs> Batman versus Sherlock Holmes. Jeez, oh, Pete. I think I know what you're going to be doing for the rest of the day. No. No? Oh, you got to listen to some of these. Uh, Mozart versus Skrillex. Darth Vader versus Hitler 3. There's been three of those? Yeah, they, so that was their opening for seasons 1, 2, and 3. Mm. 
Uh, the finale of season one, I think, was actually Nice Peter versus Epic Lloyd, which are the two people who did this. They are epic rap battle. Gotcha. Miley Cyrus versus Joan of Arc. God damn. I don't know. Like, if I had had ideas, I would have submitted them to these people. Hmm. All right. This is always the classic one of... Um, <clears throat> yes. Epic rap battle for the best Batman villain. So you'd do something like Joker versus Two Face. Yeah, but then every all you just start bringing in the whole like rogue gallery. So you, like everybody starts making an appearance. So it's kind of like a it starts out as a battle, but then okay. just turns into a free okay. Okay, I, I like it. I like it. I might actually play off of it a little bit and go with Avengers versus Justice League. Ooh, Avengers! Oh, that's a good one. The Avengers versus the Justice League. Yeah. All the different versions of Captain Marvel. <laughs> versus. Yes. So you have Ms. Marvel, you have Captain Marvel, you have... Uh, those are completely different characters. I know, but you could have them, you know... No, you'd have the Avengers. You'd have yeah. Iron Man and the Thor. Avengers Justice League. Yeah, no, that could work. Versus Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Martian Manhunter, Flash, Green Lantern... Green Arrow versus Hawkeye. Yep. Yeah. Everyone could be with their their opposite. No, I could. Yeah, I could see that. Avengers versus Justice League. No, that'd be a good one. Especially since they just did Stan Lee. Yep. Stan Lee versus Jim Henson. Some of the lines in these are, are just fantastic, and it's the the raps are good. The rhyming is amazing. To me, what what really gets me about the epic rap battles is the inside jokes that you really have to understand like a lot of double meanings. So in the Boba Fett versus Deadpool, Boba Fett makes a comment about calling up Domino saying, I've got the topping she loves, which makes no sense until you realize that Domino is another character in Marvel that Deadpool sometimes has a thing with. Yes. And that it's a pizzeria. Yeah. And so they play off of both parts of the, the word and the pun. So they're really, really good, really worth watching. Epic rap battle of history's Barack Obama, Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney became the first of its singles to be certified gold by the recording industry. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that one, but it was good. Uh, there's also Stephen King versus Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh, yeah, that could be. Yeah, I think you'd like that one. Yeah. Watch some of them, Andy. Do yourself the favor. Watch at least one or two of them. Their production values just keep going up, too. That's the other thing that's just absolutely amazing. They've got little bit of cash from this. That's what it seems, yeah. Yep. Hmm. But yeah, no, I'm going to go with the Rogue Gallery, and you're going to go with... Avengers, Avengers versus Justice, Justice League. League. Yep. Alright. Uh, they did do a Batman one, so it's kind of in there, because it was Batman versus... Sherlock. Sherlock, it looks like. Yeah. yeah. It was, I believe, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock. Ah. So essentially, it was against Iron Man, because Robert Downey Jr. only plays one character. <laughs> It works for him. Yeah. Someone someone made a joke that maybe Robert Downey Jr. doesn't realize he's in a movie. <laughs> Alright. That's it. Yep. Cool. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast. Or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.